0: and I make eyes with my coach,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he turns to the other girls and goes, no one look at her, everyone look away. And I was like, for me? Like, what's wrong with me? And then I looked up on the big screen and there's my eye out here. And I was like, okay, I think I'm gonna faint. <laughs> but playing at Whit Oval, it's just when the, Whit Noble's full and they've got people sitting out on the hill and mm-hmm. the grandstand's full. Yeah. It's just a really special feeling here, so um, yeah.
1: Welcome back again to episode two of the On The Bench podcast. We're here today at the wonderful Witten Oval, and I'm here joined by AFLW star and Western Bulldog star, Ashley Guest. Thank you for coming on to the show today, Ashley. Thanks for having me. So with that, um, again, it's following the same sort of thing as last time. We're just going through the careers and lives of these players and getting to know them on a deeper basis and yeah, going from there. And yeah, that works. Cool. So we'll start that. What is it that makes football so special to you?
0: Uh, I guess I started playing footy when I was um, in high school, uh, just at school, mm-hmm. um, and I really enjoyed it. And then I didn't start playing competitively until I turned 18 because mm-hmm. uh, my mum wouldn't let me play. Um, and it's sort of where I found myself and who I was. I found my group of friends and the people that mm-hmm. really I felt really connected with. So. Um, and then, yeah, I've just sort of like, as soon as I got to footy, it was like, st- stuff every other sport, this is yeah. this is my place. I can't really put a finger on why, but I think it those really deep connections that you make with- you Yeah. That's where
1: you're at your happiest yeah. and doing something you absolutely love. Yeah, so. for sure. Totally makes sense. So with that, b- bit of the early life stuff. So, you know, tell us about yourself growing up and, and all that, I would say.
0: Um, well, I guess I grew up um, playing softball um, mm. from a young age, my mum played softball, so I sort of just followed her. Yeah. Um, I got quite at quite a high level. I played for Victoria in a um, development Australian side at one point, Um, so I got quite high at that. Um, I played that all through school, and then, like I said, when I turned 18, I started playing footy. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of family life, I've got two brothers and a sister they grew up with, and my brothers both played footy, and um, they sort of, we were all very competitive. So, yeah, yeah. and then my sister doesn't, she plays softball now, but other than that, um yeah other than that it's just a pretty normal upbringing.
1: Yeah no. Yeah. Like obviously the all the footy and all that's got especially when you turned 18 you know it's just so footy set in the family so of course.
0: Yeah absolutely. It
1: was just there. Yeah. Um so going on with that biggest inspiration growing up whether it's uh so we'll go like football based with with that one if there was anything that
0: Yeah, oh you know, uh, I am um, I guess I brought my along geelong growing up, mm-hmm. um, and they've always been competitive. And I loved watching like Cameron Ling and Cam Mooney, those sort yeah. of blokes growing up. I don't, I didn't think I'd ever be playing footy, so I sort of didn't think, oh, I want to be like that player because mm-hmm. I just kind of wasn't on the cards yeah. when I was a kid. Of
1: course.
0: Um, but yeah, I guess I've, I've got two brothers that played footy, and yeah, I guess I always looked to them for advice, and um, yeah, they're the ones that I sort of want to impress now more yeah. so than I don't really care what anyone else thinks yeah. it's sort of what your family thinks so yeah.
1: you just want to make everyone proud and yeah absolutely ultimately be happy with and have everyone support you yeah ultimately the happiest decision you can make yeah for sure I suppose in that um so favorite player obviously I yeah Cameron Lindsay your Camus that would probably be your your top two would you uh, say now or, we'll go we'll go now we'll go now
0: um Neb Jetta from Melbourne would be okay. my number one I sort of um in my humble opinion think he's the best small forward in the league uh, small sorry small defender in the yeah. league um, he's been a bit unlucky with position this year, so he hasn't played. But yeah, I, over the last few years, yeah, watching him that year he made All Australian. Yep. Is exactly sort of what I base my game on. So okay. Um, yeah.
1: Okay, no, that's good because that's certainly a a more different choice you would say for for most people. Obviously, going from your your A like your your top names and all that. Obviously, he's a great oh, player. I love watching still. Dusty yeah, and a, Danger
0: and those sort of guys. Of but yeah, no, if I'm basing someone off my game, which is what I'm going to be, I watch footy because yeah. I like the sort of technical side of it, then yeah, that's the sort of play that I...
1: that's, I I do like that one, that one. Um, So with that, moving on from when you finally started playing footy at the age of 18, were you in one of those players always growing up in the, always winning trophies and and all that or?
0: Yeah, I suppose so. I think anyone that kind of gets to the top level grew up. Yeah. And we're just very competitive people, so... um,
1: Gave it everything every week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: it completely makes sense. So with that, obviously time had passed, uh, you know, obviously playing football at 18 and then moving on. How, how were you playing throughout leading up to the women's event? Like when the competition was eventually made, playing through that period, or is there a bit of like, because obviously there was a lot of girls that had stopped mm. and once the competition had been announced, they'd went back to yeah. it. Yeah, no,
0: I played all the way through. So I played at, back then it was St. Albans, yeah. um, Spurs. Yeah. Uh, and i played all the way through and I'm still coaching them now. So yeah, um, yeah I played all the way through. I got drafted when I was um, 26. So I mm-hmm. went up to Sydney for six months and then got traded back down to yep. Melbourne. But yeah, no, it's something that I played all the way through. I loved the team. Like I said, they found my people that mm-hmm. I really wanted to be around. So, um, and then for me now, as I'm I've just turned 31 and I'm kind of getting to the tail end of my career, yeah. it's then about how do I give back to the community that really supported me and got yeah. to where I am. So I've yeah gone back and I'm coaching and I'm down there helping them out as much as I can. Oh, that's
1: good. It's really supportive. And mm. as you said, giving back to the people that helped you get to where yeah. you are and, and persist with it. Um, So when the AFLW was announced, were you just obviously playing through that whole period? Were you just like, that's exactly where I'm, I'm going mm. and giving everything to make sure I get to that stage?
0: Yeah, 100%. I think we all did as soon yeah. as that sort of um yeah, as soon as it got announced, I remember the day it got announced and Gillan McLaughlin was there and he was making an announcement. Mm-hmm. And like, I actually started crying because I was yeah. like, shit, like this is, we've never had this opportunity. And yeah. now it's there and it's sort of like right in your like grasp, we can get mm-hmm. there. So everyone just sort of put their heads down and there was like Vic development squads that were happening and um, academies and all that sort of thing. So yeah. Um, just trying to build up base strengths from there and being putting yourself in a good position to get drafted. So, yeah.
1: yeah. gave it absolutely everything. And mm. I mean, you're here now, so you did something yeah. something right with it. But, yep. no, that's good. So, and then with that, did you, um, having to go through a draft combine process, is that a thing so mm. much in the first year? not. Nah, no, there was so no much.
0: draft combine. That's now just, it's just with those under 18 girls, yeah. girls and sort of anyone that's invited. But, no, we didn't do that.
1: It was just... Essentially, just impressing during yeah ex- VFL, exhibition game, exhibition uh, game,
0: VFL. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like a hundred and no more than that. How many girls were drafted? A lot. Yeah, a lot of girls were drafted. Yeah. It was a really long day, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, there was it was just based on your sort of yeah. form and
1: yeah. understandable. Um, so then moving to. Before the draft and all that, did you have a rough idea where you were roughly going to, to go or had been spoken yeah. about? Well,
0: because I went to Sydney, I had to make that decision before because yeah. this it's state-based draft. So, yeah. you nominate for a draft okay. um, at, in different states. So, I nominated for the Sydney draft. Yeah. Um, so, knowing that I was moving up there and um, I maybe knew three or four months before. So, I already had sort of everything organised mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I knew what draft pick I was
1: going to be okay. and yeah, it was... It so, was... was that come, so come draft, I, it was just a lot more relieved and not stressing and... Yeah, I was pretty chill about it. You had to sit but... back and relax and just see where everyone else yeah. went and that was it. Yep. Were there any, obviously having to declare to go up there and everything, was any like special questions, you know, obviously you got your pre-draft questions, was there anything like that you had to go through, you got some strange...
0: Oh, um, not from Giants. Um, Collingwood asked some really weird questions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I can't remember what they were, but I remember thinking that this is a really odd question. Um, yeah, you're best talking to the younger kids. Then mm-hmm. now they get asked some really odd yeah. questions. Some of the younger, like Fitzy and these younger mm-hmm. girls that got drafted this year have some funny stories. Yeah, because that, that's
1: what you're starting to see. It's more and more the, the youngsters are saying, you're gonna ask these really bizarre questions. Yeah. I, I, that's why I think it's always just fun to to go on about it, because it's just... Yeah, there, no, I didn't get asked really anything. Bizarre. Yeah, I
0: know. I don't know what I would have done. Oh, i just get so awkward. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so with that, and then moving to the the jumper itself, at the Giants, obviously choosing number 19, and then... So we'll go with that to, to start. What is it about number 19 that makes it special to you, or is it just... Um, you just happen to choose it, or...? When
0: I first started playing footy, I wanted number 18, because my grandpa wore 18, and mm-hmm. my brother wore 18. Um but when I got down to Spurs, someone had taken it. So I just yeah. got the closest number I could, 19, and it kind of just stuck. Mm-hmm. So when I had 19 at Giants, Melbourne I couldn't get back to 19, so I had 17 and then mm-hmm. coming back here. Yeah. yeah, I got 19 again. Yeah,
1: that completely makes sense. And obviously it's it's something you've had for such a long time. So mm. it's, it's always good to just to have something close to you. I mean, for me it was always number 20 growing up playing junior footy and yep. you like to keep it as long as possible. Yeah, and it's, just it's funny how we you. get attached to a number. Exactly. Like.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's strange, but human yeah. nature, isn't it?
1: Understandable, exactly. So then moving into eventually going up to, to Sydney to start, what was it like making that transition from being down here all the way to tough there for you?
0: Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was hard. I really, uh, I mean, I liked the club itself, but mm-hmm. I couldn't stand living in Sydney. Yeah, I missed my family, I miss my friends, and I'm very close with my family in particular. So I really struggled with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also lived with four other girls from who were playing for the yep. Giants as well. So it was just kind of footy, footy, footy. And um, I had a job, which was good, but that, mm-hmm. that was working at home. So it was yep. just like you couldn't kind of get any escape from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's when that's why I made the decision to come back to yep. Melbourne. But,
1: understandable. Yeah, understandable. Um, understandable. So going with that, was there a, ever really a point where it would just hit you and it's just like, shit, I've... I've made it and, you know, I'm finally here and you're playing on the big stage and yeah, made to I um the ultimate.
0: remember like round one of the first se- se- season um, in the inaugural year and it was Carlton versus uh, Collingwood mm-hmm. at Icon Park and I was flying to Adelaide to play mm-hmm. and it, we got off the plane and the, the game had just started so we all had our phones out. Yeah. It was like, so it was like this really overwhelming feeling that we yeah, like you said, we finally got there. Um, but yeah. no, other than that, like, there's yeah, that was a really big moment mm-hmm. um, that I remember feeling a lot of emotion about. Yeah. Um, and then playing, I think for Melbourne, our, game, our home games were down in Casey. So, yeah. it, it, but playing at Whit Oval, it's just when the, Whit noble's full and they've got people all sitting out on the hill and mm-hmm. the grandstand's full. Yeah, it's just a really special feeling here. So, um, yeah.
1: No, for sure. I mean, it's quite a nice place to. It's in a nice little area and it's it's a great setup here. So yeah, yeah, no, I no it's definitely great. agree with that one. Mm. So then, uh, with that, obviously, playing your first game in Adelaide, walking out onto, you know, the field for the very first time, what's going through your head and and what do you think? Oh, it was just
0: so exciting. It was just so like, overwhelming how exciting it was. Um, it was raining though. That sucked. Mm. But yeah, other than that, it was yeah. The, it was a full. It was at capacity there. Yeah. I think it was at Norwood. Um, yeah, and it was loud and yeah it was just my family were there they all flew over it was just yeah really exciting
1: yeah and it was really just i suppose surreal which is mm. everyone's there and you know especially the support the league's had you know full crowds have been pretty pretty common for, yeah. for the league so far so it's it's persisted at a good level and the league's only getting better as well so yeah it's, absolutely it's i mean the support for it's absolutely fantastic mm. and I, I'm, I absolutely love it so
0: yeah no it's really good
1: um so then a question i like to ask is i uh, basically your first welcome to aflw moment so with that i mean in the terms of basketball you've got people being polarized you're being hit by absolutely uh-huh. a guy that's like twice your size and yeah. being absolutely flattened and yeah and something like that
0: um i don't know if there was a big one moment i know this year i was a stepladder for the mark of the year so i did get <laughs> on the highlight for that um when else have i yeah, I don't know, until this year, I don't remember any really big bumps or hits, mm-hmm. but I got that rotten, huge black eye that I got round three this year mm-hmm. against Geelong, and then, yeah, mark of the year was taken on top of me, so they're probably Make my two. The yeah, well, like, either means I'm, probably because probably I'm 31 now and I'm a bit slower, so, yeah, I was a perfect step ladder
1: for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's completely reasonable. Right, so that, who would you say has been your toughest matchup throughout all since
0: 2017? Uh, um... Probably Kate Hall mm-hmm. at Melbourne. Not that I, pl- I was meant to play on her this year. Yeah. She was a last minute withdrawal. So it was more, I trained on her and yeah. at, when I played at Melbourne um, because I know just how good she is and what a classy forward she is and just the, her work rate. Mm-hmm. So I always like to challenge myself and match myself up on yeah. Kate. Um, yeah, you get better as a player if you're versing the best. So she's probably, although I haven't versed her on the opposite team, she was m- probably my hardest matchup ever yeah. when it's someone that's really
1: driving you a train to to take you down yeah. to that next level and yeah. really push to to strive to be at that same competitive yeah. level. Yeah, for that's sure. Understandable. Is there a Chi uh, a team that you would say you always look forward to playing against, though? Melbourne. Melbourne. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> when I was first when I played for Melbourne, I loved first in Western Bulldogs and now mm-hmm. I'm at Doggies I love first in Melbourne. So um, I think it goes back to the exhibition games and I played for Melbourne in those. Yeah. Uh, and then in twenty 20- six 2018, maybe, 2018, it was, we were playing here and it was um, to get into the grand finals mm-hmm. when it was just one and two, we were into yeah. the grand final and we had to win, each of us had to win to make it the grand final. Or yeah. well, it turns out if we had a won, we both would have made the grand final. But anyway, touchy subject. <laughs> but yeah, it was this windy game, it was blowing a gale down to the right hand side of the ground yeah. and... It was the last quarter. I think we were up by maybe a couple of points, and then anyway, we Long story short, we ended up losing. But it was just yeah. this really competitive game. Um, but yeah, I just it, yeah, always it's always a good game against between Melbourne and yeah. and Doggies. So Again,
1: yeah. it virtually, in a way, almost ends up being that the original rivalry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sense. yeah. You know, not obviously two teams that have considered the general rivals, but obviously yeah. with the exhibitions and all that, it's it's something that's formed up a little bit and there's always, I guess, a bit of spice to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a, you know, really enjoy it too, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And then how would you say your game's evolved since since year one to, to where you are now?
0: Um, I guess I've gotten slower, so I've had to get um, better at positioning myself around the mm-hmm. ground. Um, and then, yeah, I guess my first couple of years I was, you know, sort of at that prime age, 26, 27. And then um, now for me, it's more about, the younger girls that I'm playing with, yeah. so in the backline, we've got we had a really young inex- inexperienced group this year. So mm-hmm. my sort of drive was, well, I firstly had to make the team, so I had to yeah. get better, I had to get fitter, um, which I did. and then once I was out there, I was like, well, how can I make the girls better now? How can I make them a mm-hmm. be- us a better unit? Um, so that was sort of my focus this this season just gone, and obviously the season coming, that will be yeah. might be my last season, I don't know. Um, but when these younger girls push me out of the team, then I'll know that it's time for me to retire. Yeah. so. Yeah, so my game sort of evolved now in the sense that I'm looking at developing the girls because I want to leave the doggies in a better place than they were when I got here.
1: Yeah, set them up for the future and essentially create like a bit of a, while leading Mm. in certain areas, creating a bit of a mentorship and and taking players under your wing and again, setting them up for the future and having a better development and seeing where they go from there. Yeah, for sure. So obviously going with the the Giants I you're saying I guess it's a bit of homesick is why you wanted to come back here so then Melbourne was obviously because of the exhibitions exhibition series to an extent why did I go it? to Melbourne we, we can go with we can go with that
0: yeah with <laughs> I'll that. ask my own questions thank you <laughs> no I am um, so Debbie Lee who w- now is head of football here mm-hmm. I worked she was at Spurs with me yeah and she was a head of football at Melbourne so she contacted me Doggies also contacted me and I went with Melbourne because Deb was there mm-hmm. and then after two weeks after I signed the contract at Melbourne she come came in and she well, she called me and she said just letting you know I'm going to the Doggies and I was like well crap like
1: <laughs> main... anyway
0: so then two years later I followed Deb here so yeah. um but no I Melbourne is just I mean when I was at Giants Melbourne was like oh they still are they've just got the best play they've got the best playing group like mm-hmm second best there after us but <laughs> you look at like girls like Daisy and Paxman yeah. and those sort of girls that you want to just sort of learn off so I yeah. went there knowing that I'd be a better player and learn more and um develop my leadership from watching that what they do yeah um and yeah and then Melbourne didn't want me so that's why I ended yeah. up here yeah okay.
1: was there any like I guess ill feelings toward that no I I think you realize just... pretty
0: quickly when it's tra- sign and trade period that um It's a business it really is and it's just like they're out if you're not getting the outcome they're going to make changes so if you don't win a premiership something's got to change so yeah uh, yeah, no hard feelings i loved the coaches and i love the girls i'm still quite good friends with a few of the girls Mm -hmm. um and then yeah the coaching staff when we versed them had a good chat with them after the game and so yeah no definitely no hard feelings
1: yeah that's I suppose something that you always notice where after the girls games it's always everyone's all hugging each other and all smiling after the game sort of thing. And Mm. you can just see that everyone's just virtually good friends with it's just one big family in a sense Yeah, everyone's all supporting each other. It's funny at
0: the start, you sort of see that changing at the start. It was much so much like that. And everyone even win or lose, you went around the boundary and high five to the um, fans and crowd. But I think it's slowly shifting where it's no, it's not a novelty anymore. Like we're actually, this is, we're here to play footy. So if you lose, you're in going straight in the sheds. and then same goes if after the game if you lose then I don't want to yeah I don't really if I'm a, I'm a massive sore loser like yeah, I don't no, want to see anyone oh if I beat you I'm happy to go and give yeah, you a no, hug for but sure. <laughs> I don't want you to touch me if I'm but yeah I think it's sort of slowly shifting away yeah. from that novelty I,
1: I, I guess in that sense it's that's where it's starting to become you could say not professional but
0: yeah well it's, yeah it's, it it's, is as
1: you as you said it's the novelty aspects wearing off and mm. now it's like really starting to set in I mean. This was the first year you're paying for, for tickets properly, and yeah, it's everything's really stunning setting in that it's an official competition. Yeah, and it's only going to go up from here. And yeah, I guess it's only a matter of time before more games, longer mm. season, and we are yeah. going from there. Yeah, for sure. So, the most difficult change you've had to make so far throughout your whole career so far, and that that's if, and then with that, the hardest part of your journey, if I guess combining those two at the same sort of.
0: Um, I guess not having beers over summer with my friends, <laughs> that part sucks.
1: <laughs> like, I guess going straight to preseason at that time, of Yeah. Uh, kicking back.
0: I'll keep saying to the younger girls, when I retire, I'm going to be over on that hill in the sun drinking beers and throwing empty cans <laughs> at them. But no, I, um, yeah, besides that, there's not really any changes. I'm I was yeah. doing it for free for 12 years. So yeah. it's kind of now, um. Yeah, I mean, you, we're getting paid to play footy, so it's yeah. kind of, you just not neg- you, there's non-negotiables about change of lifestyle.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then in terms, of, what was the second part of your question?
1: Just, I guess, the, the hardest part uh, with it.
0: Um, I guess being a semi-professional athlete and juggling work and footy, yeah. and then um, I work as a prison officer, so okay, right. I've been injured a couple of times and um, then I'm not able to work. So mm-hmm. then it's, yeah, sort of balancing. Work and footy and, and being guess. injured, and it's just sometimes mm. it can be quite overwhelming.
1: I guess it's um, something with that, so serious like such, such a serious job as that, you've got to be like at your yeah, the peak yeah, at all times. Cause... Well,
0: I'm not just not you know, that in there if you're yeah. injured. So, um, fortunately, the AFL um, well, over the last few years, there's been trying to get compensation from the AFL mm-hmm. in terms of um, loss of income for our, yeah. outside of footy employment. Um, that was kind of difficult at the start but the process is streamlined a bit easier yeah. now that we're just it's just like it just done like that um which makes it better
1: yeah Is it if i guess having to to put both things like because obviously you're fine with the girls they're training obviously a later time in the day so everyone's mm. got their work and, and yeah you can come home after mm. it's, i imagine it would have been pretty hard to, to juggle everything and as you said you know it's exhausting and yeah you come here and you've been there for you know a long, mm. a long day at work, and you, it's funny. You're like at, uh,
0: the club's great. This club. So when I first started my um, job as a prison officer, mm-hmm. I was at Melbourne, and I was working shift work. Yeah. So some nights I'd finish training at you know ten o'clock, and I'd go straight to a night shift at work. Yeah. And then I'd come. I wouldn't be able to sleep because I suck at sleeping during mm-hmm. the day, and then I so I wouldn't get any sleep. I'd go to training, and then I'd go to work again. Yeah. Anyway, they, and they, to be frank, they weren't overly supportive of it. If you're not, yeah. Sort of there, then, you know and you're not committed to the to the club so but when I got here it was refreshing and they I mean I managed to get myself in a Monday to Friday role at work so Mm -hmm. it was fine um but when I came to here they're like how can we help you Mm -hmm. And it was just really refreshing the difference between the two clubs in that sense
1: makes your life that much easier yeah Yeah. you can really just set everything out and know what you're doing yeah you've got time for everything
0: yeah yeah and sometimes you just get overwhelmed and exhausted and yeah, the club here is really good at sort of juggling or understanding that we've yeah. got to balance those two things and there's times when we're just going to our cups are going to overfill so yeah um, of course yeah
1: no, you certainly can't ask for much more than that and, no you know that's that's the perfect place and that's something that's going to make you want to stay here for yeah as, for sure for as long as possible because i mean a happy workplace a positive environment yeah you can't absolutely. Really ask for much more than that
0: yeah yeah for sure
1: so then with moving on to a bit of like the the injury section Mm. So going on to, to last year, you know, your your games were quite limited for, for the year, uh, suffering a, a knee and an ankle injury mm. with the ligaments and all that. Would you take us through the recovery process and what actually happened? Mm. All
0: that? Um, well, it happened just there, and it was a second training back after um, Christmas mm-hmm. yeah, Christmas break. And I thought that it would be a great idea to try and fend off Ellie Blackburn, and she got me good. So <laughs> anyway, I just sort of, my leg sort of collapsed in on itself, mm-hmm. and I snapped there's two ligaments in the back of my knee that like cross over those yeah. two snapped i don't know what they're called um i had a spiral fracture in my mm-hmm. top of my leg bone whatever that is called as yeah. well <laughs> um, and then so i had knee brace on and then the next day i was like woke up and i went to go i don't know to the bathroom or something mm-hmm. and i got my foot caught on the door oh, and yeah. i was like well shit, my ankle's really hurting too so yeah. i went to training that night and i was like well my ankle's really hurting badly so i went and got a scan and it turned out i had syndesmosis injury okay, in my ankle right. as well so i had a, the whole thing was cooked no, um not pleasant. no Certainly not pleasant. no so it was a uh, eight week recovery I think it yeah. took to get back and even then it was like it was a push it was a real like sort of touch and go I thought maybe it was gonna be my last season so mm-hmm. I was like oh, I'll push through and then yeah. um but yeah so it was yeah it was difficult I mean it's always difficult when our seasons like and that well that year it was only seven games so yeah. it's like well, you don't want to miss out on games of footy and if you have an eight-week injury, that's this season done, yeah, exactly. essentially, because you don't have any time to sort of get back through VFL yet, counting on getting back to AFL. Um, yeah. No,
1: it great. was hard. Yeah. Well,
0: it's okay. That's in the past.
1: And we'll, how was the, the recovery with that? Like, what sort of, I guess, how long was it before you were still able to start, like, even just getting into to jogging around the oval? Well,
0: uh, I had a knee like, brace on for two weeks and, the, um, ankle bo- and then I went straight into a boot and I had that on for... Th- Two weeks maybe,
1: yeah.
0: Um, and then it was maybe about the four week mark I started to run maybe I think, yeah. um, and then, yeah, it's oh I started running in that um alter G which is that anti gravity machine, yeah. Um, and then out on the oval a week after that, but yeah, the SNC guys are here and the medical team are great, so you get a sort of calendar spreadsheet of everything mm-hmm. you're doing this on this day and this on this day so you kind of you know exactly at what point you're going to be at the end of that week and yeah. at, th- what, at the end of that week what am i going to be able to do so um yeah
1: that's certainly interesting i guess because not a lot of the times you get an insight of to, to i guess how the recovery process goes mm. and to have something like that where you've got all these expected time frames to know where they want you to be at and mm. obviously where you're hoping to be without any setbacks of course yep. or not recovering as well as yeah. they hoped and all that. So that's that's different. It's it's interesting. It is
0: interesting. The men's um he, the men's head of head physio um he came down and he, well, he obviously has a lot of experience and he came down and was they, well they see it all. these the most injuries are happening all the time mm-hmm. now. So he knew exactly how what the damage was and exactly yeah he was kind of on the money exactly when yeah. he said I'll be back. I was back. So that exact training. So it's amazing. They what they do. Yeah. Um, how much info that all information they know,
1: and especially obviously how far everything's come with all that stuff. Mm. And yeah, it's interesting. Know, it's it's really come a long way since looking at football, in the 80s, and yeah. stuff back then to, to where we are now. Obviously, like things like concussions being such a, yeah. a massive thing, especially now. Yep, yeah, so for don't know, sure. They're definitely earning their money's worth. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And then going back to the eye injury from earlier in the year, what's take us through I'll, for the video, we'll chuck uh, for the YouTube we'll chuck a picture of the image itself to us, uh, see what we're talking about here, but obviously- It's pretty gross. It was, it was um, pretty gnarly.
0: Yeah, I, it was just a, I think it was a marking contest and I I think Rocky from Geelong, I just on the end of an elbow and then I went down, or well, I kind of got hit in the back of the head and yeah. the eyebrow, and then so I was holding my head when I went down and then I was like, oh my, eye, oh my God, what's wrong with my eye? I thought like, my eyeball had fallen out. <laughs> One of my teammates, Kim Rennie, came over and she's like, you're okay, and she turned around and she's like, she's not okay. But yeah, it's funny, it just went bang. And then I like was walking off and I make eyes with my coach
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and he turned to the other girls and goes, no one look at her, everyone look away. And I was like, "From me, like what's wrong with me? And then I looked up on the big screen and there's my eye out here. And I was like, okay, I think I'm gonna faint. (laughs) But yeah, no, it was pretty horrific. and then. My poor mum was watching it on, my partner, they were watching it Mm -hmm. on a telly, so they were like, saw me go down and then you don't see me again until like Mm. after the game's finished and so my mum was stressing and anyway, but yeah, it was horrific.
1: (laughs) I can only imagine, I mean, it was, I can't say I've really said anything like it where it's just like it was really, really...
0: It was horrific, oh, yeah. yeah. And then I couldn't open my eye for three days. So I, like, <laughs> I kept crying, cause I'm like, well my heart open," and then the tears would get stuck and it was, it was just disgusting. And it
1: just, it eventually just eased yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't anything more to it. It just ended up just going away. There was no. No,
0: nah, I mean, no I've still thought. got, I've still got my bone, bru- the bone bruise is br- bruising still there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still like a pool of dry blood. I can feel it under there. Yeah. Um, and then I can't frown properly yet, but <laughs> they assure me that will ha- come back people don't know Take i'm angry at the moment
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's it was totally uh, a sight to see yes that, that's a good one. i think that's a good way to yeah to, to end it on with that one yeah so then moving on to more of a suppose we could say fun side of things with the for the uh the show with to do with all your teammates and all that mm. do we have a best and worst music taste at the club
0: um, best, oh, worst, I can give, definitely give you worst, Lamian um, Moods, their mm-hmm. country, they, all they listen to is country and it absolutely does my head in. Um, I've certainly
1: heard that response yeah. before.
0: No, I don't know anyone, well, I don't know who the best would be. Can I vote myself?
1: We can, we yeah. can go with that, we okay. can go with it. Great. We got that. Is there anyone that controls it on Matches that, you know, one person per week or everyone puts in a couple songs oh, it's, or
0: this is a topic that kinda gets me fired up because the younger girls just skip everything. It's like mm. just leave it. Like they yeah. so we build a playlist. Well Lammy build a playlist at the start of the preseason. It's like our and anyone who got to put in songs that they wanted. Yeah. But anyway, you see the younger girls going over a skip, skip, skip. And we'll just let it play out guys. Yeah they're and,
1: enjoying it and it's just you're halfway through it. Yes, and, then it's just, and
0: you're like building out a tune and then it just stops. But anyway.
1: <laughs> take <a> deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> no, completely understandable. So with that, uh is there a, a club prankster? Everyone always you know they always like to take the piss out of
0: me. Something. I yeah. well my nickname is Pesty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um so I mean I my life goal is just to annoy the girls. Yeah. Um and so then I cop it back. So but that's fair. If I yeah. give it I have to be able to take For sure, it. Sure, of course. Yeah.
1: That's the, the number one thing with yeah. it essentially. Yep. So with that then, there's, I imagine you've got plenty of uh, good stories we could potentially go with at all. Oh, any memorable, uh, you know, um, really good ones that you've had, you've just been, I suppose, uh, I don't know. looking back on with always laughing and it's just a good memory that you'll bring up at like...
0: I don't know, actually, there's no, I yeah, I don't know. Okay. They went through a stage, Book Lachlan and I would try and scare each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but she couldn't post them because I kept swearing every time she scared me. But yeah, I don't know. Nah, not really. It's just, I'm, yeah. There haven't been any. I don't know. Some of the other girls probably have some stories. But yeah, yeah no, for me, I, my annoyingness and all jokes are just sort of in the moment.
1: Yeah. You have I fun. tell them
0: stupid things like, <laughs> I said laugh. to Fitzy, <laughs> young Fitzy, I said mm-hmm. they don't want to cut her ears off. And then dehydrate them like a piggy that you give to your dog and then chew on them. Like, just things like that yeah. where you say stupid crap. Yeah. Anyway, can we cut that bit out? <laughs> that was a really weird thing to say. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's
1: no problem at all. Uh, okay, so obviously continuing the team with the teammates and all that. Best interstate state memories you could recall with obviously going from, you could be from any of the three clubs or.
0: Uh, Probably uh, when I played for Giants, our last game of the season was against Western Bulldogs. So Mm -hmm. we all went out that night. That night was a big, big night. So um, it's funny, the list manager here, um, Mick, I went to uni with and we used to play. He was my coach at uni games. Mm So um, we sort of reminisced on old times and yeah. um, yeah. But other than that, uh, I don't know, it's always just good getting away with your teammates and um, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's good fun. Like you yeah. sort of just embrace the moment when you're there, and of you course. play ping pong or go for coffee, and yeah, yeah it's good.
1: And you also obviously because you're you're there for you know a couple of days, you get that little bit of an extra bonding experience. Yeah, you know, for sure. Rooming with some, you know, you might be rooming with someone you don't really talk to. Yeah. At that point in time, and you come out being best friends yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, completely understandable. So we'll move into the last sort of section before we we call it quits. In the more, I guess personal side of things but not too deep of course dealing with because you obviously especially because you've been there since the very very start dealing with the criticism of the league it copped it, especially at the start from mm. clueless people you know how you dealt with that
0: yeah i oh, i don't know i sort of stay off social media i don't, I don't read the comments don't read the comments and then yeah. you read the comments and you're like crap i shouldn't have read the comments yeah, like it's... um but yeah no i guess you just you sort of just focus on the people that really enjoy it rather yeah. than the people that don't um I've had, yeah, my mum would always call me or my sister and or I see, sometimes see them posting things. I'm like, we've got the same surname, please mm-hmm. don't do that. Like, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I just focus on the positive people rather no, than the That's the way to do crap. it. You always yeah. gonna
1: get those ones that are always, I mean, I imagine you've got plenty of where it's just, so you get your positives and then it's just, someone said something that's so nice and it's just put a good, like a yeah. nice big smile on your face and you just really appreciate There's it. There's definitely more it's,
0: positive stuff out there than negative. No, it's so, good. And yeah. it's, it's
1: coming a long way, you know, Obviously, you still got your idiots and all that—a are, mm. are negative towards it. But definitely, the the positivity towards the league itself has really come a long way, especially since year one in twenty seventeen. You know. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Have we got any plans for now that we're we're pretty much done B and F on on the weekend? And once that's it, are you, is there any off season plans you'd like to to have a nice trip away mm. if you can get time off work of two? Or, um, four? I
0: had five weeks of leave booked. um, well, I was going to go camping with my partner, mm-hmm. but my partner plays for Richmond mm-hmm. and um, she's playing BFL footy. Yeah, well, we both are, but I'm a bit older, so I'm like, I'm happy not to play. But anyway, she's we had to cancel that, so yeah. I've only taken a week now. I think we're going to go to Cairns, but yeah, that's not
1: too um, bad. Yeah, that's a nice getaway. Yeah, well, no we worries.
0: play. I mean, we've got BFL. we still need to do. I mean, you see Ferris out there running now, so yeah. we still have running in sessions to do. Um, As much as the season's over, we still need to stay fit. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: You've you've got to keep it up and especially if you want to be at your your peak and try and be better, of course. Yeah. You've just got to keep going. Yeah, for sure. So then would you say, obviously with the struggles at the time, you know, going back to Melbourne and having to juggle the work, training and all that, has there been a point where it started to take a toll on your mental health at all with juggling both things. Yeah, I guess I guess it more points specifically to, to that period opposed to yeah, now because you've got that freedom of you know that flexibility. Um,
0: yeah, I guess everything gets a bit too much sometimes. Like I said, juggling work and footy, and mm-hmm. um, I think um, during COVID it was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, training by ourselves um, three days a week, and you know, sort of have those the other girls to. Mm-hmm. sort of lift you up and sometimes you just don't feel like doing it and yeah. you've got other girls usually that carry you through but doing it by yourself is pretty rough. Um, yeah, I guess so yeah, then is that was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, being injured was always a really big strain on your mental health. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know, I guess um, when Jacinda passed away as well mm-hmm. I, from Giants, yeah. I played with her so that was, I really struggled for a couple of weeks there and I kind of couldn't bring myself to get into the club. And, <laughs> I mean, the girls were great, but yeah, sometimes it's just really challenging. Oh, of course. Yeah. But
1: I mean, I imagine you've, you've got the girls and then with the staff itself, a good support team to, yeah. to help you overcome that. And yeah,
0: and we've got a psychologist, Shenny, mm-hmm. um, he's great. Um, you've got, yeah, doctors and AFLPA PA mm-hmm. PA give us access to uh, mental health services. So yeah, there's heaps of services out there for us. But yeah, I think um, it's pretty evident in the women's competition that we sort of need that extra bit of support mm-hmm. considering how much we're doing. Um, but yeah,
1: yeah, no, that's completely completely mm. understandable. it's it, it, again, that's going back to obviously with the the doctors and all how everything's come a long way over the especially mm. over the past couple of years, where the support and you know the use of psychologists and mm. just like obviously mental health becoming such a a big thing now. Yeah, you've yeah, really got so that support. It. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's heaps better.
1: No, for sure. And then obviously getting on to the later back end of your career. Is there, and obviously coaching on the side, you've got your work and all that. Is there anywhere you specifically see yourself in life after 40 where you'd really just like to, to be after this chapter of your, your uh, life? Over well, I'd really
0: like to get into coaching. Yeah. I love coaching. Um, hopefully I can come here. <laughs> That'd be my dream. I live around the corner. It would be great. Perfect. Um, but yeah, no, I can see myself being a coach. Yeah. Um, I'm really passionate about developing mm-hmm. young girls. So um yeah definitely can see myself coaching
1: yeah and with that do you, would you ever consider going for the head coach role or would it just be more uh, on the de- uh, developmental side of things I don't
0: know well, I mean uh, yeah I wouldn't be opposed to that but I'd need obviously need to develop my yeah. coaching ability to get up to that level but yeah no I think that yeah you'll see more female coaches coming through after we all start retiring of course. yeah like you see in the men's competition but yeah I'm not opposed to it hopefully maybe one day yeah yeah
1: no it, it would certainly be good, obviously. Mm. Starting seeing more women coaches and yeah. we're starting to see it in sport all around the world now. Mm. So yeah, you're right. Once yeah. it starts hitting here, it's it's only a matter of time before yeah, you yeah, really absolutely. really start to see, like Beck Goddard and mm. and all that. Yeah. So then with that, closing with our, the final sort of statements with that, um, what would be your biggest advice to future girls who have future endeavours of playing in the AFRW now that it's a thing that girls can actually go and do and make a career out of it?
0: Uh, I guess just, yeah, just work really hard, touch the footy as much mm-hmm. as you can. Um, and that's what I say when I'm coaching the, the girls down at Spurs is like, you just need to touch the footy. Just yeah. get a footy in your hands. There's not, you see kids walking around, they're just bouncing the footy and you see kids at the park kicking goals. Like yeah. it's just about repetition, repetition, repetition. Yeah. So. Um, that's probably my biggest piece of advice:
1: as, as much practice as possible. Yeah, and, you know, and just stick to it. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely stay committed and mm. you give it your everything. You know, you have players like, I guess, like Jack Higgins who who dropped out of school to solely concentrate on, yeah. on making it. And
0: yeah, I don't advise that. Yeah, finish school, kids, finish school.
1: <laughs> but
0: bad advice.
1: We can go with bad advice, but using in the sense that giving it your all and yeah we can use half of it
0: yeah we can, yeah we, we can go with that.
1: cool well that'll be all we've got for for this week's episode uh again, once again thank you very much for no worries for coming on and yeah we'll go from there and we'll see you in the next one in a couple of weeks time
0: thanks guys Let's-